Coming at you live from Master Closet Studios, you're listening to the only podcast on the internet starting a new morning show. Yeah. Hey, everybody, it's the noobs and the Hoovian. Uh, we'll have your drive time report in just a minute. Now we're going to turn it over to Corbin with the weather. You you got to do the whole podcast <laughs> with that voice. I don't think I can sustain it. <laughs> hey, it's the noobs and the Hoovian, actually, for real. And my name is Austin. That makes me the Hoovian, and that makes these Corbin and Trip, my sons. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> we're and the, we're noobs. the noobs. There you go. And this is the podcast that's introducing a whole new generation to Doctor Who by watching an episode each and every single week and discussing it from the perspective of a dad who's seen it before and, and two, two sons, sons who haven't. So welcome to episode number 177, actually recorded in the morning. Yeah. yeah. We're working hard for you, folks. We're working hard for you. We're covering series 12, episodes 9 and 10, the big finale two-parter, Ascension of the Cybermen, and the Timeless Children. Just a, just, just a quick note. Does it bother anybody else that it's Ascension of the Cybermen and the Timeless Children, not the okay. Ascension of the Cybermen and the Timeless Children. No, that yeah, does not okay. bother me at all. Well, in that case, this is the one where the Doctor has an existential crisis, but then gets over it. <laughs> oh, yeah. and uh, the companions do a whole lot of stuff on their own, and Chibs undercuts all of Stephen Moffat's work and Matt Smith's last episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, we'll get into that <laughs> later on. Do we have a, do we have a, can we talk about or something? Oh, I, I, I want to make sure that man. we circle back around to Corbin's feelings on that one. Cause he was asking me very pointed questions. Hey dad, what was, what was Matt Smith's last episode? <laughs> when was the regeneration episode? Was that RTD or Stephen Moffat? What, 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 yeah. let's, let's narrow this down I here. care. I was like, he's driving towards a point. I can feel it coming. <laughs> uh, this was story number 295, originally airing February 23rd and March 1st, 2020 to 4.99 and 4.69 million viewers. So again, 30, uh, sorry, 300,000 people didn't care uh, what <laughs> happened with the Cybermen there. Yeah. Uh, this was written by Chibs and directed by Jamie Magnus Stone. Both episodes written and directed, same people. Really? All right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's fairly common. It's actually, I think it's, I think it's a little less common to have like one director do part one and different director do part two. It's happened because yeah. we've noted it. Yeah, I feel like recently, <laughs> um, it's been more like that. Yeah, possibly. Well, we haven't had a whole lot of two parters. With, yeah. uh, I guess by recently, I mean like two back to twelves time. But oh, okay. All right. Oh, yeah. um, under miscellaneous trivia, um, Ascension is okay. Well, man, we are digging down to the deep dark recesses of the nerd core here. This whole miscellaneous trivia. This is fantastic. Um, Ascension is, uh, Ascension of the Cybermen is one of 11 episodes to not feature the TARDIS at all. Because if we recall. Really interesting. Huh? Yeah. <clears throat> this is one where when we first see the fam, they're like hauling their gear and they're not, they're like the TARDIS isn't even in the background. So much so that when we got to the end of The Timeless Children, I was actually writing a note to my to in the TARDIS section that said, "Where the heck did we leave the TARDIS?" Because yeah. it was bothering me throughout the episode. Do, do you ever, do you ever watch an episode where we've left the TARDIS somewhere, and like the further away from it you get, the more nervous you get subconsciously. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. how I was feeling here, and I was like, "We've not only like left the planet, we've left the universe. We just that like it's in. yeah, we just like <laughs> hopped into a dimensional rift or whatever the crap that was, or a galactic portal or something." I'm like, "Where's the TARDIS?" My only hope was that, okay, well, she's going back to Gallifrey. So, like, she can find another TARDIS, which yeah, she which did. Yeah, she did. Um, but I was I was making the note, like, where the crap did we leave the TARDIS? And then she stepped out from behind the tree, and there, there's the TARDIS. And I was like, where 
are we right now? Yeah. And one of y'all had to remind me, like, oh, that's the planet where we first met up with them because of the, um, uh, the, where the survivors were. And I was like, oh, yeah. Like, I couldn't even remember yeah, where like- we started this episode or the story, actually, I guess. Um, so, yeah. So, so Ascension of the Cybermen doesn't feature the TARDIS at all. And then the Timeless Children features two TARDISes. Three. And- because mm, the house one, the tree one, and uh, oh, oh, you're right. That wasn't the same one. Because yeah, because yeah, the fam took tarses. one, and then the doctor took one, and then she got back in hers. Right? Yeah. Wow. So we had. Wow. I wonder if we've ever had an episode with more than one tar, more than the five doctors had all five of their tardises. But that was all of their tardises. This was three legitimately different tardises. We also had that one where they went to the tardis room. We didn't see each of the tardises. But we saw there was like 10 TARDISes. We didn't uh, actually use any of them. Are you talking about the one where Clara said, take this one, I think you'll yeah, enjoy yeah. it or whatever? But I don't think we saw any other than the one he stepped into, right? I feel like maybe <coughs> not, but I felt like there was a line because he was going to go into okay. one. And then he okay, went well, in. fine. Just steal my thunder truck. So. Fine. That's fine. No, no, no. No, it's good. It's good. I appreciate that. I was going to take this in. Well, <laughs> his dad was trying to be like the Wakia. And then Trip shot it down. <laughs> is that what this feels like? Uh, this is also the second, second finale of a Doctor to take place on Gallifrey. Wait. Mm. What? <laughs> the because such, second like, finale it of a, of a Doctor. a special thing at all. This is the, <laughs> yes. So the second season finale of Capaldi's time was Hellbent, which was also on Gallifrey. Oh this is like so such it's the, not a special thing. So it's the second, it's second only finale the second, second in a finale. row. It's it, but it's two in a row now. You see, now so we have a, now we have a pattern. So the okay. second season of the Fourteenth Doctor must also end on Gallifrey to keep the pattern. Or if you keep looking for crazy crap <laughs> this specific, you're gonna find yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. All right, now this is okay. <laughs> Here we go. Here yeah. we are. <laughs> Uh, this story is the third to feature multiple on-screen regenerations, okay? So you had Planet of the Spiders, which is a classic Who episode, and then you had Twice Upon a Time. If you remember Twice Upon a Time, we commented then that it was the second episode to feature multiple regenerations of the Doctor happening. So you had the first Doctor regenerate on-screen, and then the 12th Doctor regenerate on-screen. Mm-hmm. And um, this go-round, though, this is the first... This is the first story with multiple regenerations and none of them are the doctor, uh, are the current incarnation of the doctor rather. Sorry. So you had the timeless children regenerating like over and over and over again. You had Tech Tayun regenerate and then you didn't have Whitaker's doctor regenerate. So again, like, all right, cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is the first time old footage of the first and second Doctor were colorized and placed into an episode. So it's not the first time that the that the, the first Doctor and the second Doctor appeared in color because yeah. there were episodes where they came back um, for like the, the three Doctors and maybe the five Doctors, I don't know, and, the, and they appeared in color. However, this was black and white footage of the first and second Doctors colorized. And Corbin, I think you pointed that out when mm-hmm. you were watching it. Yeah, it bothered you, right? No, I was just noting it as interesting. Oh, okay. It seemed it seemed like you were like, how dare they and no, I alter care. the pristine nature of the... Anyways. All right. Here we go, guys. All right, buckle in. And take a deep breath. 
sip my coffee here. This is the third penultimate episode. Okay, we've talked about penultimate episodes before, right? It's yeah. the second to last episode. That's yeah. one of my favorite words, penultimate. Awesome. Pen, penultimate. So this is the third penultimate episode in an even-numbered series that is the first part of a two-part story featuring both the Master and the Cybermen. <laughs> oh, that Who sounds took awful. the time sure. to write this down? Who noticed that? The first two examples are Dark Water and World Enough and How time. has this ever happened ever? This is the third... Okay, so this is the third time that the second-to-last episode in an even-numbered series... <laughs> is also the first part of a two-parter featuring <laughs> the Master and the Cybermen. I mean, you got to admit, that's a lot of things. That's Probably somebody things. said, man, this is like the third time that we've had like a two-parter with the Cybermen and the Master what if leading I into, and then somebody went, ah, yes, but it's also the third time that that was the penultimate episode. It's like, oh my gosh, man, it just keeps piling on. Yeah, like so. 20 people watched this episode and went, Hey, wait, haven't we seen this before? And they all compiled like yeah. all of their thoughts. And then we've yeah, three I, there's other a part of me that wants to, that that like wants to believe that this note took like six years to develop. Like <laughs> as people came in and said, ah, yes, but it was also even numbered series. you see? Yeah. So anyways, um, dark water <laughs> and world enough in time. And then ascension of the Cybermen slash the timeless children shall Thanks. forever stand in this trio, this triad, <laughs> if you will, of penultimate <laughs> episodes that are the first part of the second part in an even number series featuring the Cybermen and the Master. I want right. to go add everything else that is this, this has in common with the other two. Uh, yes, which also featured the theme song. And, yeah, and, the, and the, uh, the cast was, this week, Co-Charmus, was played by Ian McElnaney. I didn't say that right. McElnaney? McElnaney? I don't think anywhere It's Irish, I think. That name at all. Um, he played uh, Barristan Selmy on Game of Thrones, and then he was General Jan or John, I don't know, J-A-N, General John Dodonna in Rogue One. It makes me want to go back because Ooh. I loved this guy's voice. So now I'm trying to remember who he was in Rogue One. You know, he probably had like one. No, actually, because I said he lo I loved his voice, he probably had no speaking lines. He's just yeah, like, yeah. You know, but he has an action figure. He was figure. random dude He definitely has an shot. action figure, yeah. I mean, he's a, he's a general, so you would think actually he would probably be. He's not like gunman number two. Nah, he stood you know? in the back, <laughs> pointed. He was behind. Uh, oh no, I was going to say Snoke, but that was wrong movie. Anyways. Hey guys, Noobs in the Hoobian is brought to you by basketball-shaped bombs. Do you suffer from dyspraxia but still need to blow up your enemies? You need a basketball-shaped bomb from Kablamo. Well, I thought the basketball aspect made it harder for him. That that was supposed to be the linking. Yeah, that thing. was the joke. Oh, thanks. You know what's weird <laughs> is um, I always forget he has dyspraxia until they bring it up randomly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, oh, I can't make this jump. Why? Wasn't there oh, a time when he dyspraxia. was like worried about climbing a ladder because he thought his dyspraxia yeah, was the yeah. very yeah. first episode? Now he's like running that was, around. That was the woman who fell to earth, jumping yeah. from train to train. And actually, I take that back. Throwing there might have been things, one of jumping from train to, to be train. fair, they've never been excessively. Train train? Yeah, he. When was that? There were there were like oh, yeah. two. Oh yeah. Or it was like a packaging system or whatever. They've yeah, never they did. Been it was like a jump that active. I couldn't make, and it was like. Yeah. Thing is, I'm now realizing, in the second episode, he just shot a gun though, and he was like, "Fine." So like, 
it does feel so a little pick and I was, choose. I, I was just watching an episode of Star Trek TNG the other day, and you know, an alien appears on the bridge. So Worf immediately grabs his phaser, which apparently is never more than three centimeters from his right <laughs> knuckles, um, grabs it off of. Uh, <laughs> boy, I could go down a rabbit hole here because it's on a slanted. Uh, very slippery looking console that has no lip on it. And yet it's still sitting there all the time. Apparently he grabs it, does this running jump over the horseshoe maneuver to get like right on top of the alien. You have a particle weapon, <laughs> shoot it from across the room. And if you're you need going to, to poke he it runs, into his chest. No. And runs and gets within striking distance of the alien. <laughs> the alien, uh, by the way, who has taken possession of Deanna Troy's body. Okay, so now you are essentially having a showdown between Troy and Worf. Troy <laughs> grabs his arm, grabs him by the wrist, twists. There is an amazing ADR snapping sound. <laughs> and he goes, oh! And then she, like, jerks his wrist and he flies across the room. Oh, okay. Hits the ground and rolls, like, one and a half times. And I realized Worf only exists on that show to be the big heavy to get walloped to show you that the, the bad guy is really powerful. Yeah. Right? Cause like you, I was sitting there thinking like, when have I ever seen Worf actually kicking butt? <laughs> and I don't think it occurs on TNG. I think it happens. Like once you get, he shows up in deep, deep space nine later. And I think maybe he, you kind of like, Oh, okay. He can actually fight. But every time you see Worf engaging with an alien, especially the first four or five seasons of TNG, He's only there to get his butt kicked <laughs> to prove how big and bad the other, you know, the, the, the enemy is. But I'm like, we've never seen him win. Yeah. So like, so if what you makes see, us think if you that he's him, like a great warrior. Exactly. Exactly. It's like, if you see him kicking butt on a regular basis and because this, this was like the early nineties, uh, late, late eighties, early nineties, he wasn't like modern day ripped or anything. Like if it was today, Worf would have been like, just rock. bulging every yes yes he would have been played by Dwayne Johnson exactly <laughs> exactly and and he was not you know um so okay so I, I I say all that to say I forget what were we talking about <laughs> no, I got so let's got apply it let's apply it to Ryan now yes, Ryan thank you thank you Ryan's dyspraxia is when they need to add drama so they make yes, a menial yeah. task incredibly <laughs> difficult here exactly. throw this inflatable like Two foot that ball. bomb is the size of my head. The like only you can't time miss that with we that. Talk about Ryan's dyspraxia is to show him overcoming the dyspraxia. <laughs> yeah. Aside from the we've bicycle never, scene at the beginning, we've never seen him climb up a ladder and, and not fall. not mention it. Yes. and fall down the ladder. Why is why is there not an episode? Why is there not an episode where he had to cross a a, a balance beam sized thing? you know, to save the day and he fell and failed. And so somebody else had to pick up the slack and we had to go, Oh wow, this is really serious. Like we've, the only time we ever bring it up again, except for that opening scene, the first time we see him establish that he had exactly <laughs> that was, that was it. That was it. And like, again, you know, like with Worf, you don't even get that. You don't even get like an opening battle sequence with Worf to introduce him. It's just, just he's a Klingon and Klingons are warriors, you know? And like, but I guess dyspraxia is like uh, that. That's kind of a that's kind of an edge case. So we had to like show it. Yeah, right? we had to be like, like no, he's a grown is... man. He can't ride a bicycle. 
So this to is this is going to be his challenge to overcome. And then the very next opportunity he gets, it's that episode. That episode, he has oh, to climb yeah. a ladder to the top of a crane, which any one of us might freeze doing. Yeah. And he does it. And I'm like, what? what? I also love, like, I don't think I still understand at all what dyspraxia is because of this show. And I don't think they understand <laughs> it either. It's just, oh, it feels he like. He uses hands well or something. I don't know. Make it up. <laughs> Just any time he has to do a normal seeming task will make it a little bit more difficult for him. Right. Okay, now 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 I'm backtracking here. When we saw him shoot the basketball at the beginning of Spyfall, he missed he that missed shot. It. Didn't he? Okay, and that's the thing is here's but that was specifically to set up this. Yeah, that was exactly to set up this because it was literally this. It was he even said it was like a basketball. Didn't uh, yeah, he? he shot it like it was a Which, basketball, except it was like a two foot ball. He was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> except I, like him bringing up that it was basketball like seemed to make it worse on himself. Like yeah. that's when everything went into slow motion with the. <sighs> <sighs> so what we're saying is his dyspraxia <clears throat> is entirely mental, and it's he can do everything normally <laughs> yeah. except for when he's thinking about his dyspraxia. Right, right. And and that's the thing is, uh, you know, we, we, we put that there just so that in the season finale, I mean, that was the season opener. <laughs> this is the season finale. Have we had any mention of his dyspraxia? I forgot about it. Since? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I forgot about it. That explains most of this season. <laughs> I forgot about it. Nope. Didn't even think about it. I didn't even <laughs> no, that I, was a thing. I didn't even know he existed. <clears throat> Yeah, it seems like a really weird... Okay, so here's how the Wakia romanticized this scene. Let's hear it. It said that he... I think it was in the continuity section. Because this was a clear callback to missing the basketball shot earlier in the season. It said that he he was able to, you know, throw the bomb to where it needed to be because he had conquered his dyspraxia. Now, wait, and I'm what? like... Uh, that's extra funny. That's like saying you've conquered your ALS. Like I don't think yeah. dyspraxia yeah, is something no, you like get, get over. over. <laughs> like I just love he misses the basketball shot in that scene, and he also never makes it ever again. He never goes back to the yeah, court and sinks one. What's the conquering part of it? You know, like it's not him like, shooting this right and here. For, and for that scene. matter, for that matter, you could totally miss a basketball hoop, and it would still be good enough. For a bomb, you I, don't have that to hit bomb a bomb was like twenty target. foot. <laughs> yeah, the explosion. It okay. The bomb landed like in the in middle of the them, second platoon. No, but I'm saying it landed in the middle of the second platoon and blew up both platoons. Yeah, and there was a gap between them. I mean, that thing like annihilated everything within it was like, like a, a fifty-yard radius. Bomb. Of course, it's gonna. <laughs> The bomb's half the size surprised, of you. you. I'm surprised could, he didn't get hit by the shrapnel. Because how far could he possibly have thrown that bomb? Which, by the way, like when you see the establishing shot of you, you're looking at the Cybermen marching, did it not seem like there was a pretty big like valley? Yeah. Between, like, yeah. Like a 50 how foot, far did he like throw what? that presumably very heavy bomb? Yeah. Well, so, I mean, we all know it was an inflatable well, bomb. Well, he, 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 uh, he conquered his dyspraxia. Yeah. yeah. I'm also just realizing, thank God that wasn't the platoon that the companions were in. That was what I was thinking. Yeah, earlier. yeah. When, when, when they, they had the, like, the big reveal moment, I'm like, wait a minute. Oh my God. How long have they been walking around with the death squad? 
Like, don't you think like once you beam down to the planet, you find a, the earliest possible moment to peel right. away yeah, instead they were of like infiltrating? To get yeah, they're like infiltrating the labyrinth. They got to uh, about to shooting one of the guys. Ko Sharma and Ryan almost shot each other. I yeah. Know. Like, imagine if they'd have come around the corner and saw a Cyberman that was actually Graham. Shot him immediately. Like, yeah. Anyways. Hey, so that was a lot about Ryan before we even got to the checklist. Uh, so the checklist, name of the episode spoken in dialogue. I don't think we got Ascension of the Cybermen. There was a lot of talk about the return of yeah. the glory of the Cybermen. And I don't remember ascending. the word Ascension, though. No. He said Ascending a lot of times. He did, didn't he? But, but yeah. it wasn't. But he never said, and today will mark the ascension of the Cybermen, which would have been. Which would have made perfect sense. Yeah, this is one of those times where it's like, it wouldn't have been cheesy and, and like, oh, we got to get the, the title in. Anyways. Yeah. Um, and they then did say the Timeless Child, though. But that's well, not, not the, the title. Children. No. Yeah, I the title is The Timeless Children. And um, so that's, that's the weird thing is that there was plenty of talk about the Timeless Child, but not children. Now, there were. So, Trip, what was your point about that? What do you mean? We were talking about it before the show. Oh. Um, and I said, timeless children. Corbin said, timeless children doesn't even make sense. What is that all about? And you were like, yeah, because there were lots of timeless children. And I was like, no, no, no. That would be like saying the doctors. What I meant was there's an entire other dimension that probably has these. Whatever. Children. Oh. Wherever she came from. Okay. So you're, you're thinking of the timeless child, the timeless children as a race. Yeah. That the yeah. timeless child, which later became the doctor. Like was part of okay okay I don't, I don't think that's what they were talking about though i mean maybe not but I, it i think it was probably just to imply the fact that there was more than just one incarnation that probably. we were missing we were yeah. missing like a bunch so they they actually showed on screen seven timeless children seven incarnations of the pre-doctor timeless child mm-hmm and um, so, yeah, presumably that's what they're talking about. Like, like well, you might say, like an episode called The Five Doctors. Okay, fine. You could also imagine they were talking about the Time Lords being children of the oh, Timeless okay. Child. Okay, so like they are the Timeless Children yeah, kind of thing. Maybe. We're, we're yeah. all the Timeless Children. The Timeless <laughs> wait, wait, Children what? was the friends that we gathered along the way. Gosh. The no. Timeless Children <laughs> were inside of us all along. You should... Stop. Why? Wow. I could keep going. <laughs> no. I've got three more. But you Hang should on. not. <laughs> Hang on. Let me take them off. Yeah. <laughs> no, wait. Wait. Nope. Four. Anyways, um, the creature of the week, if we can call it that, we had the lone Cyberman who is not so lone anymore. He's gone so, a bit mad. He had like two friends, though. So That's what I'm saying. He's not so lone anymore. Yeah. Like He's, he's got- still pretty alone. Three Cybermen in total, if that's the rest of Okay, them. well, when I wrote... Oh, less people when than I, the humans. When I wrote the note, he had two flanking him, and then he had a million on the ship. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Oh, that, right. That's what I wrote the note, yeah. But I, I get what you're saying, yeah. When we first see him, he's but he's not alone anymore. He definitely has two more. No. Um, but still, though, they were all rusty looking like him. Um, oh, correction from last week. We talked about how he was pieced together from all the different eras of the Cybermen, and we were like debating about the Mondasian Cyberman left arm. And when he came on screen this episode, we were like, oh no, that's totally the like old school. It just looks like a piece of fabric. He didn't even have anything on his hand. Yeah. He just had a human hand <clears throat> on his left arm. So um, so yeah, we were, we were wrong about that last week. We were not remembering that part. I don't remember seeing it as clearly. Yeah. Last week's episode was a lot darker, um, you know, haunted house style. So I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if we didn't ever get a good glimpse of that left arm. Uh, but don't worry, the nerds did. 
They got us. Right, they got yeah. Us I love the way we say that is that we're not part of the nerds. Not, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're like hosting there was a other show. nerds. Yeah. This morning, yeah. this morning trip was making fun of his brother for rewatching the same, the younger brother, Braden, for uh, rewatching the same shows over and over again. And I was like, this coming from the co-host of a podcast based entirely on the rewatching <laughs> of a TV show. Of a, <laughs> it's yeah, like, but I've never seen it before. Okay. Fair, fair point. But you know what we're about to do, right? <laughs> Go back and rewatch our favorite episodes. Um, then we had the, oh, Corbin was really bothered by, or bothered by? I don't know. No, I liked it. It was a cool detail. Okay. Um, explore. The lone Cyberman moves like a person. Like, yeah. when he's walking, he sways. When he's talking, yeah. he tilts his head a lot. He just, oh, yeah. He yeah, acts like a person. Yeah. He acts he mostly yeah. still is. He's not like walking like the robots or they were like. Now, is, <clears throat> yeah, like, did they explicitly say last time? I think they did. Did they explicitly say that he never got the upgrade? So yeah, like he still has finished. emotions, right? But that specifically that the part well, that part that didn't get didn't, done is that he has they didn't still emotions. Say that, time. but the doctor said it. Yeah, That's what I mean. Have like, the somebody said it on screen as well. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. It was said. So the doctor like very yeah. much implied it. Reliable narrator, right? Like. So that's that's the thing is um yeah because of that yeah he he has a much more human walk he doesn't have the stilted stiff yeah. I wonder if that was entirely that actor's choice or if they directed him to do I'm that I'm sure there was probably some It's a really nice detail cuz I started noticing and I'm like oh he's basically still a human wearing a massive suit yes. unlike the other robots that do their marching everywhere they right. go and right and that sound that uh -huh. And then, cool now that I think about it, it probably was the directing because when the companions got in the suits, they were also moving like humans because, again, they're just people wearing suits. Right. right. So. Yeah. Um, okay. What did you guys think of the Cybermasters while we're still talking about creatures? Cyber they were awesome. <laughs> I thought they were amazing. First of all, they're gold. Yeah. Because, yeah, that's amazing. Trip, Trip wasn't a big fan. I didn't like the weird head. Things. But that's that's, that's so the, awesome. That's the goofy time lord thing. That's what I hate about the time lord. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair that's enough. the like. Well, I hate the time lords because of who like, they are. But really, yeah. but like it was coming out of their head. It just looked so yeah, unnatural. Was, it was so great. It's like why? Is I actually it think like it would have looked better coming out of the shoulders. Yeah, that would that would have been cool too. Yeah, or both. Or because they're both? because well because they have the big like halo the time lords they have the shoulder bit of flare. But then they have uh -huh. the big thing behind their head. So they could have had that coming off the top of their head and then had the shoulder wing things too. They could have like recreated the whole silhouette, but yeah. have it all be like growing out of their armor, you know? That would have been pretty cool. The too. Time Lords remind me of Mega Man where he creates that suit with the massive neck thing coming off the back of it. I must look. not have ever gotten to that level. Mega Man? Oh, Mega, Mega Mind. Mind. Mega Mind. No, Mega <laughs> it's like Mega Man. I don't Damn, remember that level. Like, what? Where, with the big suit. Yes, the black mamba. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love that uh, they had a bunch of uh, Gallifreyan script written, yeah. like punch, like stamped into the metal. So like on their yeah. heads, it was like engraved into the metal. But then on their like flare pieces, it was stamped through the metal. So there was like Gallifreyan writing written via like you could see through it. You know, I thought it was, oh my gosh. So, man. Cool. Was, so my, yeah. my big hope is that we, you know, we see more of them because. Agree <laughs> nope, never were, again. Because they were on screen. Well, no, I guess they were, they, they were on screen for a, a right good amount of time. Yeah. But, um, um, so I don't know if we're, 
I don't know if this is more like theories or not, but do you guys think that the Cybermasters slash the Master, do you think anybody survived that explosion? The Master, one hundred percent. The Lone Cyberman, I think that I think we pretty much wrapped up I his think the, whole plot. I, I think the Lone Cyberman being like ground zero for the death particle is definitely gone. Yeah. But do you think any of the cyber masters, I like, are like we going to see one? I will not be surprised when, you know, a few seasons down the line, oh, there was one left. There was one. Because it's tumbling, always one left. Tumbling through space. He lost all but yeah. one of his regenerations. And now he's on a, <laughs> he's now referred to as the lone Cyberman on a mission to bring back all of the Cybermen. No, he's, where he's the 13th Cybermaster. That's what he is. <laughs> Something that would be like great. That. The explosion caused a rift in time and space. Yeah, and, sent and one of them fell. One single Cybermaster back to the beginning of time, and he has now, using up his regenerations, has lived through all of time <laughs> to come back to this episode. You know, season yeah. season thirteen yeah. or whatever. So, I, I think we got bigger fish to fry in season thirteen to, yeah. to try and and worry about the Cybermasters uh, making a return, but. Um, remind me to talk a little bit later on about um, maybe when we get down to the game plan and talk a little bit about the trailer. Um, we do need to watch that. Yeah, I've been holding it back from you guys for a little bit because I watched it. I don't remember if there was anything in there that was spoilery about uh, this finale episode, but I, I just kind of held it back. I was like, yeah, that's not... We're so close to being done anyway. So anyways... Um, let's see on down in the checklist. Um, okay, here we go. Corbin. Our favorite <laughs> section is back. Corbin, uh, take it away. We had the most classic needless sacrificial death in a long in time. In a long time. He shot one Cyberman. This was, this was all the way back to, but someone has to try and <laughs> shoot the Daleks. Yeah. yeah. This I mean, is, it was that level. This is I'm why saying, we created this section. Yes. It's for yeah. moments like this. Thank you, Bescott, for reminding us Thank why you. we do what we do. <laughs> <laughs> and by that, I mean you. mercilessly mock your death. Yeah. <laughs> We're a family podcast. Family podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Bescott died for just about nothing. Y'all kept saying she shot a single Cyberman. Was it effective? Did she? I don't even remember. Yeah, I was it, taking it notes. She down. killed one. It went down. Okay, so she took out one Cyberman. But again, there one were how many? One. one million or something? Dude, that other guy implied that she might have still been alive despite no. being no. shot. Well, I didn't understand that at all. He it was, was like, like they could use her dead body. Yeah, to it was like the last thing she Cyberman wanted was to be upgraded. And I'm like, yeah, she's she died. dead. They don't she, upgrade they don't corpses. Upgrade them. It does. That, well, the master just proved they can. Oh, even if they don't. But yeah, okay. I I guess that's it was extra bad for me. Think about that. I was interpreting that as him like she's still alive and about to be tortured to death, and we're just right, leaving yeah, her yeah. behind. Like, no, and she's like, definitely dead. Like, yeah, she, she died. So hadn't had a a good old fashioned needless sacrificial death in a while. We've we've our, this part of the checklist has turned into no no, no that, was, that one was pretty good that was that was a pretty good actual sacrificial death and, then, <laughs> and this one comes along nope. and it was like well okay there was an accidental death does that count is it no I don't think that counts okay that's not on the checklist then no yeah. matter yeah so we had a, we had a good old fashioned one there so no adventures in closed captioning this week other stuff we noticed uh, the doctor called this the last human settlement this side of the universe this side how do you measure like, the sides of that's the, yeah. that's the thing that always maybe gets like me is quadrant or maybe she was just no, saying you can't even like, say quadrant of the universe you can say this side of the galaxy you can say that 
Maybe most traditional just models. Saying, like being all like I don't know. It's just being colloquial. Yeah, like a side of the old uh, Rio Grande. Or Isn't like every model of the universe infinite though? So like yeah, or at least infinitely sides. expanding. I mean, it's like yeah. So anyways, like this side. Yeah, I don't know if you can have like a left and a right side of the universe because that implies a center. Yeah. So yeah. Um, from an observational standpoint, you're the center of the universe. Yeah. Well, tell that to your parents. <laughs> <laughs> what? Parents just told you, the, the kid. This podcast I was listening to said I'm the center of everything. Um, oh. Yeah, no, so that, that bothered me. But it was also, it was kind of interesting. I mean, are we supposed to believe that these were the last seven human beings anywhere? Well, clearly not. Or was the statement, this side of the universe... Supposed to imply that it's gotten really bad on the left side of the universe, but on I the mean, right side of the universe, he said he helped human beings people are flourishing. Out. Yeah, Koshorma sent he people. He definitely that thing. sent people out. Oh, okay. there are people and alive somewhere. And I assume That's since true. they had space travel, that some got away. Here's the problem, and that some had uh, probably already moved. I, away I had or questions something. about that. Yeah, that portal takes you to a different place in the universe every time it's opened. Yes. You send one person through, and then suddenly they're stranded. They are stranded. No was, humans anywhere. I was assuming that it was more like groups were going through. That's I what I was guess. thinking. Well, yeah. It's like, here's a thousand survivors. They just showed up. They're going to go to this every, planet. Every time that it opens. It I was kind of assuming yes. it was yes. closer to what we had here, though, where like three people made it to his right. planet. <laughs> like, well, sending I mean, groups of three dotted throughout yeah, the universe. Yeah, and by the way, they went through with whatever they were carrying on their backs. Yeah. So they like yeah. land on a planet well, they were talking about going maybe has oxygen. The ship. Huh? They were talking about going through the portal with the ship. And they could have. Was sure. that the plan? Just, like, because they didn't. Through. Yeah, they were exactly. like, we can take the ship through the portal. Did anybody else think that the portal was out in space, not yeah, that's on a what beach? I thought. Like that's I thought, what I thought the first yeah. time I watched. You it. just hit the crack. Yeah, and it yeah, teleports yeah. you to another part in I'm space, like, not a planet. Ex- exactly, but it was not like from planet, planet to planet, planet travel. Yeah. So, so is it a smart portal that only lands that. on planets? Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Because that was my other thing. Was how I was like, how many people walked it? through and landed like in space? Well, I mean, we saw through the portal, so they would have known. That's true. Oh, okay, that's, <laughs> that's very true. But even still, space outnumbers planets so you could be well, sitting like there said, must be a smart portal I mean, reopening we, it forever wait the fact we can see through the portal uh-huh. and then they can't see through the portal what? but like we also couldn't see the people on the other side of the portal when they stepped through you could not see that there was a oh, yeah, portal we, going we, back oh, okay and you yeah. also couldn't see yeah. the master till he stepped through the portal so you can't see people through uh. the portal yeah, that's a good point. And when Yaz went through, she kind of like disappeared. Yeah. Huh. It wasn't like all of a sudden she was on the other side of a pink filter. You just see she just like. She gone. That's weird. Hmm. Interesting. The planet. So if there's like. Consistencies. A completely inhabited planet or completely uninhabited, you won't know till you've gone through it. <laughs> and then yeah, you and won't there's no know, coming back. And you won't know how to get back. Yeah, you, oh, there's, yeah, there's no coming back. Yeah. There's a lot of questions. Um, we talked earlier about the fam uh, walking around in the cyber suits acting also fairly human. Yeah. I desperately want to know. Oh, you know what? Actually, I wrote this note and then I think it got answered later. I wrote the note. I wonder if those actors got to actually be in the Cyberman suits. But then I forgot later on we saw them without their helmets on. 
Yeah. We saw Wait, but we only saw Yaz. We, we only saw Yaz because the other ones couldn't get oh, their helmets off. We saw possibly ADR Graham trying to how, lift his helmet off. How out. sucky would it be for for Graham if he didn't get to get in it? Because and that and that's why he had the gag about I can't get this thing off. Yeah. We gotta oh, rewatch that. Yaz was that, the only one that took that ADR. off. Yeah. Huh? Yaz was the only one that took hers off. That's what I'm saying. So she so was she, the only one who got. To so be we in the know suit. she was in the cyber suit at least without the helmet on. So, but yeah, I was, I was wondering as we were watching it, did they actually get to walk around in the cyber? That would be kind of cool. That would, oh man, I would insist. I would be like, nope, I'm getting in the suit. No ADR for me. Um, Ko Sharma said a great line. I've already lived longer than I expected. (laughs) 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 And then he says, I'm sure there's something I can blow up before I go. I just, I just love the old battle worn grizzled old man. who's like, I've already lived Pat longer than I thought I was going to. Longer than anybody like, expected. Then we go into that like, one more time. Now we're gonna die. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Um. What's my line? Oh, this here? was this was mine. Oh, I was with the master. I can't oh. believe their grand plan was just to become robots fully. Yeah. Well, now see, I feel like I'm missing Gordon. something. That was the whole idea behind the Cybermen was that they're not robots. They're just an upgraded human. Yeah. That's what I so thought. So he took this to the way extreme where, no, yeah. we need only robots left in the entire galaxy. Right. I I'm mean, just, the entire universe. I, I'm a little confused because now I feel like this has, this has been the point, right? Is that they're not robots entirely. They're yeah. right. basically cyborgs. Now I'm just wondering, like, is that the point? Have I just not been reading it right? Well, it was very obvious that they in, were still human. Okay, but here's... here's like, I feel okay. like in the past we've so first, asked, first why all, don't they get rid of even the human parts? First of all, in World Enough in Time, we see the evolution of the Cybermen from they need a replacement arm and a replacement heart to now we've turned them completely into robots, or uh, Cybermen. Um, so that evolution seem, would seem like it would end with, yeah, why do we even need the, the human bits? My question is, like, what does the human body bring to the equation? Because the main the thing that they do is I, erase what makes a human a human by getting rid of emotion and pain. Yeah. I thought it was always our CPU, brain. though. Yeah, that was the one thing they couldn't replicate. Have you would imagine, that? especially for, like, a 60s Mondasian 60s Cyberman totally where computers sucked. Yeah. It'd be like... <laughs> We want a robot, but we keep the brain because that's the most complicated computer we have. Right. So, but nowadays, and again, I feel like we have asked this question before, like, why do they even keep the human parts at this point? Especially if they're trying to become the ultimate race or yeah. whatever. I, I, that I, I still don't have an answer for. I do have an answer to why did they all of a sudden change the plan? They changed the plan because it is the classic sci-fi trope that mechanization, automation, um, uh, automation, automation, um, robot technology, and all this yeah, kind of stuff always go way is going to lead to the destruction of humanity. It's because Terminator, why not? It's Picard season one. It's Disco season two or three. Which one was it? Which two. which one was it where they were fighting off the the AI? That was that was season two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean. I, I can't remember if it's if one of one of the Star Treks. The whole season revolves around um, a signal being released 
that was going to summon these like trans-dimensional AI robots who all they're waiting, all they ever do is wait around for the signal. And when they hear the signal, they go to that dimension and obliterate all organic life. And like, I like, I will never understand this, this, um, this, I don't know, this like deep seated thing about humanity that yeah. we always have to distrust the things that we've created and everything to the point where, like he said in this one, it's not, it's not the ultimate plan of the lone Cyberman to upgrade all of humanity. That was already the plan. It's not now we're going to expand and we'll find a way to upgrade, you know, the cat nun nurses and, and the Daleks, you know, like we'll upgrade everybody and become the ultimate, ultimate race. It's we're going to obliterate organic life so that we can rule nothing. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. And like, I like, wait, I what? don't understand that, but it is a classic sci-fi trope. Like I, I can understand the master who's totally insane and just wants to destroy everything yeah, for he fun. Just, he just but wants like, to watch the universe. They're like, yeah. we're going to become the ultimate race by obliterating every other race so that we're like, the win by left. default. I mean, that's what the Daleks wanted to do. They wanted to d- obliterate every universe. But they were like, not let's go entirely robot. They're like... We want to be the right, main yeah, race. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But Cylinder. like, there's still want to be a race, so, not a robot. What is the Cyberman's goal with that, Ben? Of what? I guess in the past, it's always been to upgrade everything, right? Yeah. Yeah. And now it's just obliterate, which is... Yeah, now it's obliterate... It's like Thanos just deciding he's going <laughs> to rewrite the universe. And you're like, why did you come to that conclusion? Yeah. It's like, I decided to do the only thing that made sense. Well, hang on. Let's workshop that one. (laughs) I have notes. I have ideas. Yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm with you, Corbin. I don't understand the the sudden shift in plan other than that's what you expect in your sci-fi. Yeah. Yeah. Like now that's that's a natural outcome within the sci-fi genre. I'm trying to think. And I feel like the idea has been the... The Cybermen always spin up independently across the universe yes, because all it is, or whatever. all it is, is the concept of improving right. whatever race. Right. So we have the Mondasians, we have the ones from a different universe, we have right. various human versions of it. Because all we're trying to do is upgrade ourselves, and eventually we get to just being mostly robot with pain inhibitors, so we don't realize what the heck is going on to us. Right. And then it's now it's like actually. We're going to kill everything in the universe. Yeah. Well, I guess the idea is, okay, we were we set out to upgrade all of humanity. We did. Now what? Yeah. Constantly got to be setting new goals. Anyways. Um, isn't it great when the legend is an exact rendition of the truth? Yep. <laughs> legend has it. Down to the word. Kosharma yeah. is, a, is a, well, okay, except for the fact that Kosharma was the dude, not the planet. But like there's. Suppose, well, the doctor. Wait, wait. Oh, the no, doctor no, I'm sorry. Didn't the legend was her. about the death particle. Yeah. I'm sorry. I was thinking of the legend of the boundary. Of course, that one was also correct. Well, that one was true. We knew about that because people had gone through it. Yeah, um, yeah but it was but 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 it was all rumor and, and legend. But Here's wow. the thing I always wonder about is, the, you know, when Coach Arma was telling the story, he's like, and then word spread. I'm like, from who? Uh, yeah, everybody wow. left. Everybody went everybody through the portal. How through. are they spreading the word? But anyways, um, yeah, the legend says about the death particle, and then they lay out precisely with scientific accuracy 
what it is, does, where Which, it is, how you can defeat it, you know, like everything, yeah. according to legend. You could just say, like, the theory. Like, imagine the death particle is theoretical, and then... Exactly. The Our scientists were working it. on this before the, the cyber wars or whatever, but yeah. Also, and don't to make say it something myth. like, the legend sounds like the something legend. that's been, like, a hundred generations past, and it seems like it's really just been in the last, you know, decade or something. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, again, we're kind of getting into theories and hypothesizing here, but was this story the fulfillment of the hybrid prophecy? Do you guys remember the hybrid prophecy? This yeah. This is going back to 12's time. A hybrid creature would stand over the ruins of Gallifrey and unravel the web of time, breaking a billion, billion hearts to heal its own. And we there was all the speculation. What is the hybrid? Who is the hybrid? Yeah, is the doctor the hybrid? Is, the doctor is the hybrid? me the hybrid? Is the doctor and Clara the hybrid? Is the hybrid Dalek that we saw back in Daleks in Manhattan five seasons ago or whatever the hybrid? Um, all these kinds of things. Um, there's It's never been addressed specifically, but there was a lot of talk in the fandom that, okay, a hybrid creature, here you have the spy master merged with the yeah. Siberium, would stand over the ruins of Gallifrey. And I would argue that the Wikia said the spy master merged with the Siberian. You also had the Cybermasters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would stand over the ruins of Gallifrey and unravel the web of time. The master had hacked into the matrix, breaking a billion, billion hearts to heal its own. The master had also slaughtered the time Lords after he became distraught at learning the truth of their origins. Yeah. So a lot of this seems to have been fulfilled. Uh-huh. And you know, now my only and- problem with it is, he wasn't a hybrid creature when he destroyed when like when he did all of the things in the prophecy. Yeah, he wasn't a hybrid. True. He merged with the Siberian later, so it's like, well, that's kind of weird. So, th- so in other words, there well, was no way to avert the prophecy. What time lords are hybrids already because <gasps> they're a mix of the Shabogans and the Timeless Child's oh. DNA. Oh, me likey. Oh, so that means so the doctor can't could, be Yeah, a hybrid. that's why I couldn't, couldn't be the doctor. Because the doctor's the only one that's not a hybrid. Uh-huh. The only type lord that's not a hybrid. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Well, theories. Oh, yes. Theories. Brought to you by... Oops, my notes went away. <laughs> <laughs> what? That's an interesting who? thing to be brought to yeah. you. <laughs> who is Ryan Sinclair? Uh, he's not too sure about weapons, but Kosharma says you can be a pacifist tomorrow. Today we have to survive. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, that was good. Uh, Coach Armour says, gird your loins, gentlemen. To which Ryan says, I uh, don't know how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Gird your loins. It's like an ancient saying now. Yeah. <laughs> Let alone like in the far distant future. By the way, I love how many times this season we've been in an unspecified future time. Yeah. That's how old he is. He uh, he knows gird your loins. Who, oh, Coach Arma? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's a Roman centurion, actually. <laughs> actually, right with Rory. Yeah. <laughs> He served with Rory. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyways, um, that's, that is a great, that's a Bible term, girding your loins. And I think it's probably Shakespeare used it somewhat as well. And, you know, just, it means like get ready for battle. But it was at a time when you would have robes. So <laughs> yeah. you would wrap your robe up and like tuck it into your belt so that you could run without tripping over your robe. Yeah. And that was what it meant to gird your loins. But it is kind of a weird thing to say to anybody. Definitely. Especially guys holding be laser offended. guns. <laughs> People are holding laser guns, and he's like, "Girdeth up thine loins, gentlemen." I'm like, what? Oh, wait, what? <clears throat> so, uh, who is Graham? Uh, he says, "We're not lucky, sunshine. We're persistent. We never give up." Graham and yeah. Yaz were kicking butt this. Yeah, this week, they, were. Man. they they were amazing. They were separated from the doctor almost the entire time. A lot of this yeah, episode, and yeah. they saved like everybody's life, like five times actually that's not really true most of the people ended up dying but 
You were down <laughs> to like two people. They saved themselves. Towards the end, they said, we owe you. And one of y'all was like, uh, yeah, your lives multiple times. <laughs> like, yeah, that's true. Um, I did love the line. Uh, he was born careful. <laughs> he was like, I was born careful. And yeah. Yaz is like, that's actually true. <laughs> I love the way I love the way she said it. Like it's a medical fact. Like I've seen, oh, yeah. I've seen the the uh, the charts. It's true. It's he was true. he was literally born careful. He came out with a helmet on. <laughs> uh, so who is Yaz? She's the best person Graham has ever met. To which she did not repay the compliment. <laughs> <laughs> you're not such a bad human either. Yeah, you're not such oh a bad human. Man. That was that was such a great line. He's like, ah, oh, all that spilling of my guts for you, and you're just like, well, eh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Then she's like, I'm from wherever. That's a love letter. Yeah, I'm from Yorkshire. That's a love letter. Yeah. Um, step into the unknown. Who fancies going first? Yaz and was halfway has, there yeah. already. Yaz stepped through by the she time he finished. was charging ahead. I love the cut to that wide shot where it's clear she's been walking she was, for the past yeah, three yeah, seconds. Yes. Like as Graham was giving his big speech, she was already <laughs> in, in motion. Yeah. Um, we kind of skipped over this a little bit. Let's back up a little bit. That Yeah, the doctor... Um, the doctor abandoned, like, not, didn't abandon them, but, like, sent them off of the planet while she stayed behind. And then they got reunited. And she's like, all right, guys, I'm going to pop through this portal real quick. Uh, ta-ta for now. Uh, maybe I'll be back at any time ever, ever in the future. Yeah. Like, she didn't, like, she didn't even say, I promise I'll, I'll come for you or wait for me. I'll be back or nope, trust like, me or yeah, anything. I'm, she was I'm just like, like, I might come. Deuces. I like as far as she was concerned, she could be going to her death. I know. So yeah. why leave them behind? Yeah. On like some random planet with like, I, right, didn't they crash into that planet? Like, yeah, they didn't have an operating ship at all. She was essentially abandoning them to die on this planet. If she didn't come back, which that's ridiculous. But like we said, yeah. it didn't seem like she was planning on coming back. Yeah. She didn't have any notions of coming back. So very weird. She did say she did say the line, and uh, well, I'll, I'll let Jared mention that. It's, I don't want to steal this thunder. Uh, so who is the master? The doctor said, "Did all this death make you happy?" And he says, "Ecstatic." I could listen to yeah. Sacha Dewan just go bananas for an hour. It's he's, so great. He's great. And um, then she says, "And did it calm all the rage?" I mean, they were just like really digging into each other's yeah. psyches at this point. It was really, really good. Um, I like. <laughs> I love going back to Corbin's argument. He's like, you're going to become a robot. Like what's special about that? Throw a stick in this universe and you'll hit a robot. I used to do that. Like, <laughs> I used to just throw sticks to hit robots for fun. Apparently when I was a kid um, of the Siberium, he said, well, aren't you pretty? So now I'm starting to wonder if the doctor's fascination with all things, you know, new and particularly grotesque is just a time like Lord thing. Time Lords. Yeah. 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 Or is this part of what makes the doctor and the master click? Yeah, I think together. I think it's yeah, because yeah, yeah. They are okay. literally. Can you imagine their their mutual admiration of the weird and the different? Except the doctor wants to get to know it and become their friend. You know, befriend a, befriend a talking frog universe, and the master the wants to like, dominate. How can I use this? Yeah. yeah, yes, yes, yeah. Can you imagine any other time lord being this interested? No, they no. definitely seem like. They would try and subjugate it Way or something. They're like very or, or, tight or like or not care. Yeah, just like oh, new species. Meh. Meh. Yeah, I mean they all, they they always seem very aloof and just sort of above everything in the universe. Well, they just, think they are. 
no, that's what I mean. Like their their attitude destroyed easily by like <laughs> everything. I was gonna say, how many destructions of Gallifrey are we gonna witness yeah. on this show? So this one seems to have been real though. So I don't, yeah. yeah. Whereas the, <laughs> whereas the first destruction of all the Time Lords was a fake out. Psych. Didn't happen. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, he thought when he shrunk. Oh my gosh, this was the most chilling, chilling scene for me. When he shrunk Ashad, the lone Cyberman, he thought that it might activate the death particle, and he kind of hoped that it would, mm-hmm. so that all of this would be over. Oh wow! Dang. My gosh, what is what is a deeper dive into the di- into the master psyche? That line or did it calm all the rage? I mean, like, good grief! What character in science fiction <laughs> have we delved? This deep into man, I you know it takes fifty years, I guess, but it's just uh, it's just amazing that he was like, literally thought it was like a good chance that it would, yeah, and kind of hoped that it would. Like this is man, he's 50, the Joker. Hmm? Take it, take it or leave it. Fifty fifty. Yeah, you know. know, like roll the dice, see what happens. You know, it's like it's like um, Trip. I think you even kind of mentioned this um, later on. We had we had the Joker putting Harvey Dent's gun to his forehead moment where he was standing in front of the doctor note when he has all the line about. Oh yeah. 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 So, so she's holding the bomb, right. And she's sort of holding it out, pointing it at him. That's not how bombs work, doctor. Um, and uh, especially cataclysm bombs that destroy planets. Yeah. You don't have to point them. You don't have to point them. It doesn't, I get the effect you're going for. It just doesn't doesn't do do that. But he like presses his head up against her hand, basically, and and is like, it's it's the it's the Joker in the hospital scene, you know, like let's sow a little chaos, let's see what happens, you know, like now we're talking, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And he says, you you may have made me, but I have destroyed you. Become death, become me, and it's just like, you know, like can she can she do it? And then, okay. And then Deus Ex Machina came and saved the day. Um, Deus Ex Old Manica. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh! Did that? Uh, let's go ahead and talk about that. Do we? Do was that a cop out? Do we feel like that was a? a yeah, she didn't like have to make out? the freaking decision. Uh, okay, first of all, she didn't have to make the freaking decision, but like, <clears throat> this was the lamest Deus Ex Machina I can imagine, where. It's not, it's not even like, it almost would have made sense, right? If there'd been some sort of barrier up and, um, you know, the, uh, Arma, like shows up and like grabs the bomb from her and kicks her through a portal into a TARDIS so that she can escape. And it's a one way trip so <laughs> that, you know, something like that. But like, no, he came in and he was like, Hey, what's up? I'll do the blowy uppy thing now. Yeah. Hand me the thing. And she's like, are you sure? And he's like, totally. And she's like, totally. okay. Okay, whatever. You go. What? What? Did you feel like there was not nearly enough Pushback. wrestling, emotional struggle? Yeah. Something? It was just like, oh, yeah. I mean, like. She kind of he, put him to death, huh? He, she, in a past regeneration, willingly died for an 80-year-old man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, had the big giant speech. About I could do so much more, but of course it's my honor, yeah. uh, Wilf, to die for you. 
And in this case, it's like, oh, you want to, did you, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Did I jump in front of you? Did you want to blow up the stuff? Here, why don't you blow up the stuff? There was no like fight about it ahead of time. She's like, everyone shut up. I'm in charge. I'm on the pinnacle of the mountaintop here. The team's team, you know, structure is not flat. It's just me. That's what we like to see. Then it's like, oh, this guy comes in. Oh, you. You want to blow it up? Oh, yeah. You, okay. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't ask you. I'm not. There's no way in the world I'm going to let my companions do it. But hey, rando guy that I just met who saved all of our lives. I, go yeah, ahead. You yeah, know, sure. like go for it. Yeah. Because Which, because your name isn't in the credits. So like you could go for it. Like this. Yeah. I just was like, what? I especially. If it had been Graham, that something. scene would have been completely different. Right? Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing is I'm just. I, mm. The thing is she also put herself in this position because she has some need to confront everyone she fights. She could have set that thing on a time delay, then hopped in the TARDIS and just Anywhere on the planet. Yeah. Yeah. She could have, right where they were, she could have set it right outside the TARDIS door with a three-second timer and then run back in and hit the button on the TARDIS and escaped. Instead, she goes to confront the master yeah. i yeah. kind of get it she doesn't want to kill the master of all people without confronting him but again she's fine with kosharma wiping him out just dying she's fine with that yeah, and kosharma totally. dying himself right. because she made this decision right i mean like well okay all right all right with the one exception that kosharma did say manual detonation only so i forgot they they wrote the timer option out of it they could have just but the doctor could have rigged a timer yeah have you heard of could have physical into any tardis gone anywhere gotten any bomb and come back before you left planted it and like (laughs) set up or like set up some freaking ferris bueller style contraption to set it off after three seconds then after the the tardis dematerializes the bowling ball that was sitting on top of it falls and hits the trigger or something like that Yeah. yeah exactly all right so who is the doctor speaking of uh, she says she used to hotwire warp drives on the weekends when I was a teenager. Not that we had weekends or teenagers. Like, what? No, wait, what? Uh, what? what? What does that mean? You don't have... Okay. Uh, the Doctor of Hope, she says to Kosharma, uh, Kosharmas, uh, consider us your hope restored. I was Not like, yeah, so much. We've got to get that in line <laughs> yeah. in one more time. <laughs> yeah. Consider us your hope restored. Your hope for going out in an explosion that kills a planet. <laughs> Woo! Because, I mean, that's basically what he wanted. He did say, yeah. I could probably blow something else up before I die. Yeah. I've already lived longer than I expected. That guy's awesome. This is a great idea. That's right. <laughs> this is fun. Uh, they always acted like they were different, like they were special, and they were right. Who? Who? Time Lords. Master said that about the Time Lords. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry. The Master said that about the Doctor. Yeah. Oh. The Doctor always acted like they were different, different, like they were special, yeah. and they were right. Yeah. Um, I don't know who I am and, um, who said this to her? Because your memories don't line up with what you've learned today. Oh gosh. Who was talking the to you? Fakey doctor. Oh, oh, oh the, the, yeah. the fugitive doctor. Yeah. Fugitive. Thank you. Uh, the fakey doctor. Um, I, I can't. She says, um, uh, so, so you're saying because your memories don't line up with what you've learned today, you don't know who you are. She says, have you ever been limited by who you were before? Which I thought was a great in universe out, out of universe line. Right. Yeah. That was like both said to the doctor and to the doctor's fans. <laughs> like, have we ever limited ourselves by what has come before? No. It was basically like taking a cannon, aiming it at the dictionary definition of cannon, and blowing it up. <laughs> <laughs> um, she says, "I'm talking to myself again." That's a good sign. I thought that was great. Wait. Um, 
Oh, she said, um, oh, she's clever. I'm clever. We're all clever. How many of us is that? Uh, how, how, however many of us that is, right? So here's where we get it's to. You. Yeah. Her next line, she says, you think you've broken me? You've given me a gift. You think that makes me lesser? It makes me more. I contain multitudes, right? So that's, yeah. The, 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 any sort of speculation about how many incarnations were there, have there been, will there be, blah, blah, blah. It's basically multitudes. As we don't many know. as we can Actually, make spinoff shows for. I feel like this episode just said <laughs> infinite, didn't it? Because um, she has I, infinite I, regeneration. I think it's Tacteon intentionally putting a cap on the regenerations implies that she didn't have that one. She didn't, that she never had one. Yeah. So, so yeah. Um, and then she ends the, uh, she ends with a callback to the 10th Doctor. What? What? I thought that was great. That was a fantastic way to lead into uh, a uh, holiday special. All yeah. right, Corbin. You want to talk about regenerations? Uh, Yeah, I'll try and keep it short, though I don't think I have a whole lot to say. Okay. Basically, we can just move on. I'm just kidding. <laughs> we just skip. I mean, in the past, we've talked about how much we loved the um, Matt Smith's whole regeneration and like, Stephen Moffat doing all this yeah. math, making sure all the regenerations lined up and he yes. got all the technicalities right. and whatnot. And they're kind of throwing it out the window now where it's like, ah, that didn't matter because she can apparently regenerate infinite times and she yeah. would have been completely fine yeah. to have regenerated in that episode. Even though yeah. Yeah. every part of Matt Smith not only seemed to know that he was going to die, but was able to feel it in his bones that he was actually on his last regeneration. Now it's like, that's not true, and it's been thrown out the window. Yeah. Okay, so... We could say that it's possible, though I don't like this answer, we could say it's possible that if they were able to cap the regenerations on the Time Lords, that they were somehow able to cap the doctors as well. But I don't think that's well. what they were implying. I don't either. I'm saying why would they still like give answer. themselves a cap? I don't think they were because they've had like they seven regenerations before now anyways. So what, they camp at a 19 instead of the 12 he gave everyone else? Oh, they could just hand wave him away and say, you only get 12 more. I, I don't know. Um, the other thing could be that uh, that the doctor, that Matt Smith was simply wrong. Which yeah. is wrong, flat out wrong. Maybe I feel it in my bones. Well, he knew yeah, it because he that's what it. they've been taught their whole life. Yeah, right. But it still cheapens it. He really felt okay. it because he knew it. It was his last. Okay, so out of universe production level, Moffat had to do the math. He had to. He had to. He had to do a lot of bit of, lot of lot of wiggling around to make that work. Right, the half regeneration, the aborted regeneration, yeah. the secret regeneration, all these things. Right, he had to do all that. But but in universe, again, we just assume that the doctor doesn't know, so assumes that he's on his last regeneration because, according to the rules, he was. And then what happened to change that? What was the Deus Ex Machina in that episode? I mean, he was given by who? The yeah, rest of the Time Lords. Think specifically who that would have come from. Rassilon? Yeah. Master. Why would Rassilon give someone regenerations that they did not need? 
Do you think even Rassilon knows? Rassilon. I, I assume know. Rassilon knows. Rassilon, Rassilon and... Maybe and the doc. What, I mean, uh, the master. And, uh, I mean, it uh, could Omega be... Omega were the ones that like founded Time Lord Society. So I'm assuming... Now, we haven't explored this. But that this. could also be lies because it seems more like it is lies. founded it. it. It is lies, but I'm assuming that Rassilon was around at that time. And yes, that I'm assuming that Rassilon... Amiga and then whatever the other one was, uh, Barusa, are the ones that buried the truth. That's what I'm assuming. And so mm -hmm. if Rassilon, through the crack in the universe or whatever, is seeing the 11th Doctor uh, on his last regeneration, suddenly saying, oh crap, he's about to find it out. He's about to find out that he can oh. regenerate beyond the twelve. So he let's, came in and said, let's give him more. Yes. Because, yeah. because later on, remember, Rassilon said to 12 in Hellbent, how many regenerations did we give you? So it seems like Rassilon was instrumental in, in making that happen, right? Yeah. And we kicked the door open there on, we're not going to limit this anymore because Rassilon said, how many yeah. did we give you? The doctor was like, uh, who knows, right? So we already said, we've, we've already established infinite regenerations infinite, for the yeah. doctor. But the fact, the fact that Rassilon, again, this is retroactively reading into Rassilon's statement because no one knew about the Timeless Child when Rassilon said this, but for Rassilon to say, how many regenerations did we give you and act like it's fuzzy? Uh -huh. Yeah. Is him covering his own tracks, keeping the story buried? Because if one day the doctor realizes, you know, I've rege regenerated 79 times, something's up. Right. Yeah. They, they'll just go back and say, well, Rassilon wasn't sure how many they gave me anyway. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So it still works in my book. I don't. I, I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. Like, I know it makes sense. Like, the idea that they somehow gave him regeneration seems like that could seems totally weird be a farce. Anyway. Yeah, that seems like kind of well, like no, weird. Except, except that they, they'd already done that to the Master. That happened in Classic Who. They gave the Master oh. a second oh. set of, of regenerations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That happened. So I guess at least they established it can occur. But sure. I feel like this is still just completely undercutting a very dramatic final episode for mm -hmm. the Doctor. And suffice it to say, that is one of several criticisms that have been laid at the feet of Chris Chibnall for this story. Because there's a lot of people that say... Uh, you combine, I mean, even before this episode, when you had the Ruth Doctor, um, people were like, how dare you say that Hartnell wasn't the first Doctor? And, you know, and all these kinds of things. Um, there have been all kinds of debates about, well, what do we mean by the first? Mm -hmm. We already have the, the wibbly wobblies and the, and the weird regeneration math of the ninth Doctor actually being the 10th, the 10th Doctor actually being the 11th and the 11th and a half and that makes uh, Matt Smith the 12.75 regeneration. You know, like all this cr crazy crap. And, and there have been all kinds of people just absolutely up in arms about what does this mean. Here's the thing that I, that I am not sure how I feel about. People consistently refer to the Timeless Child revelation as a retcon. Do you mm. guys think that this is a retcon? No, I think it's solving all of the wibbly wobbliness of I think everything it, else. It kind of is. Okay. They're retconning the 12 regenerations to say that doesn't apply anymore. They've kind of already done it yeah. with that well, other episode, but they're basically saying that was never <clears throat> the case for 
the main character, the okay. doctor. Yeah. Let, let's let's say you had a let's say you had a TV show about a detective, and in season ten of this show about a detective, you have a flashback scene that shows this detective as a soldier in Vietnam. Is that a retcon? Yes. No. And and it's never been mentioned before. We never have heard that this person was in the military, let alone no. in Vietnam. Is that a retcon? Oh, it's just bringing it's, up another yeah. thing. And to me, I'm 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 one of the 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 few folks that I like the Timeless Child arc. I am fascinated yeah. to find I man, the flux had better give us more yeah. about Ruth. Had better give us more about the fugitive doctor. Because if we don't, I am going to be very disappointed and upset if he leaves that to RTD to figure out later on or something. But that's which it's, RTD will probably end up dropping or something. Yeah. So. No, RTD is on the record for saying he loves the Timeless Child idea. Oh, really? Yeah, he's on the record because people are like, RTD is going to come save the day. And people want RTD to retcon the retcon, quote unquote. And again, I don't think it's a retcon. I think it's giving more backstory and more information. When the when when Doctor Who began, it was never clearly stated that he was an alien for a while. There was speculation for a long time about was he a scientist from the far off future, a human scientist from the far off future, or was he an alien, or was he from a different dimension, or what was the deal? You know, so like all these things all along the way have have they're not retcons, they're adding more information and more yeah. backstory. So I think RTD is going to do some, I can't wait to see what RTD does, does with it. There have already, and by the way, by the way, there've been some amazing fan theories slash, slash suggestions thrown out about, since we have kicked the doors clean off the hinges about regenerations, and we're, we've now broken into this weird time where we've had the doctor interacting with an incarnation of herself that she neither of them remember the other, and none of us knew this other doctor, right? All the rules are off. There's been speculation about what if you had stories with multiple doctors that we've not met yet, and part of the mystery mm-hmm. becomes when is that doctor from and what's going on with them? Or somebody took it a step further and said, what if you had multiple shows running? with different incarnations of the doctor. And I'm just going to throw it out had there. Multiple storylines that like intersect and converge. Right. RTD is the guy who created the doctor who cinematic universe before the MCU was a thing. Yeah. He had three spinoff shows of doctor who at, at, at one point in time, guys, there were four doctor who universe television shows airing at the same time. And he said in an interview a little while ago, he was 10 years too early. Yeah. If he had done that post MCU, he feels like it would have gone better. Now, first of all, Torchwood lasted for a while. Sarah Jane adventures lasted for a while. The class, I think only got one or two seasons and then they all went away and doctor who kept running. Right. So what's to say that RTD might not say, Hey, what if we did something really crazy? What if we did a spinoff show with the war doctor? And and casts uh, a a John Hurt lookalike, but younger. You I know what I'm think, saying? I think we're kind of on the downhill as far as the fans go, because like we've been seeing a decrease. I'm not sure if they'll be able to have enough 
to I, kick off a few more shows. Well, a, but that might be. Hey, we're looking at the, the BBC numbers, and I want to know what the international numbers. Are yeah, like. I feel like the fandom internationally is is as strong as it's ever been. Maybe not the strongest it's ever been, but but definitely still going. And I think that the return of RTD, a lot of people. A lot of those people that I said, I'll never watch Doctor Who while there's a woman doctor will come back for RTD. I think. I I genuinely think. And what's going to be great is then they're going to have to go back and watch the Jody era because they won't know what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, hey guys, Noobs in the Hoopian is actually brought to you by listeners like Victor, Jared, and James. If you find value in what we do like they do, here's what you can do. Go to noobsinthehoopian.com slash support. Find your favorite way of supporting your favorite family-friendly, independent media podcast today. And if not, support this one. All right, that brings us down to our Classic Who Connections. Um, let's see uh, what's going on in Jared's mind this week. Hello, dudes in the Whovian. This is Jared with your Classic Who Connections for the two-parter, The Ascension of the Cybermen and the Timeless Children. Oh, we got a lot for you today. I find it very interesting that uh, we've got Chibnall gives us very, very little, if if nothing sometimes, and as far as a classic Who connection. And then now I think more, we had more in these two episodes than everything else that Chibnall's done combined, uh, you know, went for showrunner at least. Uh, so we're going to we're going to breeze through some parts and we'll slow down for other important parts. So bear with me if I if I don't give a whole lot of background information on everything, because I don't feel it's worth it. So. Getting into it, uh, the Cybermen are allergic to gold. That was uh, one way that they fought the uh, the Cybermen in Classic Who uh, almost all the time. It used to be, you know, that they always had something to do with gold. In fact, Adric's star uh, medal that he won for a math competition or maths competition, as they would say, uh, that that uh, he. Uh, they used that in one episode because it was a gold. It had, you know, gold leaf on it. I think it was, um, but that was enough to to help them out of a tight spot. Anyways, uh, Cybermen they might go mad uh, if you can feel their emotions. This is if you remember in the in Ascension of Cybermen uh, the the um, the the weapons that they're setting up to try and protect the remaining humans from the Cybermen. So they'll go insane if they can feel their emotions, if that, that link is restored. Um, well, that uh, was used by the second Doctor. Uh, that that uh, strategy was used back then. Um, and then the fourth Doctor. Oh, we saw the Doctor offer uh, humbugs. Um, and the fourth Doctor ate humbugs, as well as jelly babies. And I don't remember him ever offering humbugs. And the, the Wikia didn't say this specifically. But... Uh, the the humbug in this episode was offered in a brown paper bag. The fourth doctor often often offered jelly babies from a brown paper bag to his companions or just random people that he ran into. Uh, so here was a humbug in the brown paper bag. So I think that was a mixture of, of connections there. In the serial Attack of the Cybermen, which, remember that name, we'll come back to it, uh, the sixth doctor went back to Telos and they saw on Telos rejected Cybermen who looked similar to Ashad. I mean, obviously very different looking Cybermen. You've seen, if you've followed Noobs in the Whovian, you've seen the older Cybermen. Sometimes they're just in like silver stockings or jumpsuits, you know. Uh, uh, they do not look like the modern day Cybermen. But uh, anyways, Ashad, they, he, 
it was not fully converted. That's the point. In so in Attack of Cybermen, they saw some rejected Cybermen who were not fully converted, and so that was similar to what we're seeing here. Uh, the master talked about assassinating a president uh, in in that room when they were on Gallifrey. Uh, he kind of, uh, I felt the the dialogue intimated that the doctor helped him assassinate a president. Uh, as if you've seen the Deadly Assassin, the serial that that's from, uh, then it, I don't know. I mean, I guess that's debatable, but not really. I don't think so. But anyway. Yes, and a president was assassinated by the master where they were. Uh, in Attack of the Cybermen, so going back to Attack of the Cybermen, uh, the companions also disguise themselves in cyber suits in order to fool the Cybermen. So we see that happening here too. Uh, we heard briefly about the Shibogans, uh, and they're the ones who inhabit Gallifrey but are not the not Time Lords. This was first heard about in The Deadly Assassin, but going back to the fourth Doctor uh, in the serial Doctor Who and the Invasion of Time, uh, we, we hear about the Outsiders. So that's a clever name for those who live outside Time Lord Society on Gallifrey. And so the Outsiders are the people who don't, who aren't Time Lords on Gallifrey. The Shibogans are a like subgroup of the Outsiders, just so we're clear on that. Uh, the Cyber Wars were mentioned, and they were first introduced in the serial Revenge of the Cybermen. Uh, it was used to explain why you hadn't seen Cybermen in so long, because they were busy having their own Cyber Wars. Uh, the, the Master talked about meeting uh, Barusa, which if you watched the classic Who Rewind episode de- along with us for the Deadly Assassin, you remember meeting him there. Uh, the Master double-crossed and killed a different cyber leader in the serial The Five Doctors. Uh, and then, I, I just have to sum this up because I can't, I don't feel like it's worth taking the time to talk about all the quick flashes uh, that the, um, from from the uh, memories so that, that they used to escape the, ma- that, that the Doctor used to escape the Matrix by flashing all those memories um, there are a bunch of classic Who connections there. They're all listed, less whoever went through and painstakingly researched what flashes you were seeing there. They're all listed on the TARDIS Wikia. Go check them out there. But this is an important part. going to take a little, while, little bit to talk about uh, the Timeless Children because it closes a classic Who theory or problem or uh, inconsistency, you might have said, uh, some, some have felt. Um, in, in that classic Who to New Who because, okay, so we're going back to the serial The Brain of Morbius. And what happens in that one, the fourth Doctor gets locked into a um, battle of wits with Morbius. They're hooked into a machine and they're trying to outsmart each other through this machine. Um, I don't know, similar to a tennis match, uh, that, you know, that it was like going back and forth. Maybe tug a rope is a better, better analogy. But anyway, so you have these, a screen that's producing images from their minds. And you can see, you see past incarnations of the Doctor. And it flashes back forth to the third, to the second, to the first. And then you see other faces that are presumably incarnations of the Doctor. This has never been explained. This is, we, we never understand uh, why, how there were others from the first Doctor. I think at the time they just said, figured 
you know, oh, well, you know, numbering the doctors wasn't as important then. Um, we, we had knew nothing about 12 regenerations at the time. So I think they just figured, oh, we, we need more. The doctor, you know, we've just picked up the doctor story in the middle when we're telling, you know, with the with the story. We're not starting with the first doctor necessarily. I think that's what they believed at the time. And then as this other information came along, they just sort of were retconning and, and like, ah, well, the brain and Morbius, that's just one episode. We have all these others that kind of proves the, the canon of uh, Doctor Who. And so you, you're just left with this one episode that's got these flashes of other faces. Well, so it's never been fully addressed until now. So I, I, if I understood this correctly, they're leading us to believe because they flashed those same faces. You had the same progression uh, in, in in today with uh, the timeless children, uh, the same progression of faces going back to the start of uh, the first Doctor and beyond, just directly pulled from the the brain of Morbius. Um, so I think that's b- saying essentially that. These are incarnations of the timeless child. They are uh, incarnations preceding the first Doctor. And so now it's all fitting into canon uh, because we have, because of the timeless child uh, mythos, or I don't know, mythos is the right name, but storyline. Okay. That's a big one. Uh, back into some, you know, some more little ones. So there was some talk about no humans on Gallifrey rule that was established in the serial The Hand of Fear uh, in Revelation of the Daleks. Uh, so we've we've got um, you know a sacrifice here to set off uh, to to uh, kill by you know set off a bomb by hand in order to an explosion by hand and sacrifice themselves in, so that the Doctor doesn't have to sacrifice herself. So back in Revelation of the Daleks, Orchini, who was a senior knight of the Grand Order of Oberon, chose to sacrifice himself by detonating a bomb by hand to blow up the Daleks instead of allowing the Doctor to do it. In this case, they were trying to blow up the Cybermen. Uh, the Doctor ran away from Gallifrey in a stolen TARDIS. Again! Uh, the, we have transmats. Uh, we also have Cybermen using transmats, which they did in Classic Who. And finally... The Master has manipulated the Matrix before, and the Doctor has had to enter into the Matrix both of those times in order to set things right. The, okay, the TARDIS Wikia said that there was some mention that the Doctor didn't believe the Matrix, Matrix existed. It's possible I missed that watching the episodes. Uh, if I did, where did they come up with that? The, the, the Doctor has been in and out of the Matrix. The Matrix is, is a big part of Gallifrey, you know, uh, history in, in any way. Uh, I think the wiki might be wrong. Maybe someone can help me uh, understand that one. But so be it. Anyway, Masters manipulated Matrix. Doctor has to go into the Matrix to set things right, both in The Deadly Assassin and in, in The Ultimate Foe in Classic Who. So there you go. There's your 10 minutes worth of Classic Who connections. I'll be quick. Uh, like these. Um... They were pretty darn near uh, perfect, um, and I'll just leave it at that. I'm giving it 8.5 out of of 10 master races. Um, uh, There was some pun work going on there. And uh, creep levels, the the only thing really super creepy to me was was the not fully... uh, 
uh, converted Ashad. Uh, every time they showed his face half poking out of the helmet there, that was pretty creepy to me. So I'm giving it uh, 100 creep levels uh, overall for that. So that's it. That's all I got. Thank you to the TARDIS Wikia. They got a lot of the nitty gritty details there uh, that helped me out. And uh, thank you to Noobs and the Whovian for having me on. And I look forward to bringing you more Classic Who Connections next time. All right. So that brings us down to our overall impressions. Um, I'm going to go first. I love this. I love everything about this. Um, I think my biggest problem is the... um, uh, Deus Ex Machina that we talked about at the end. So mm. I can't, I guess I, that's a pretty big one. That's a pretty big one. So I don't think yeah. I can go, I don't think I can go 10. I don't think I can. Um, but I can definitely go 9.9 out of 10. Oh my gosh. What? 9.9 out of 10. Um, because there's definitely room for improvement there. Well, yeah. Uh, uh, spinny spaceships. Cause <laughs> that the, was the gyroscope funny. action of that spaceship made no sense to me. So, um, I, it, we, we brought back the doctor, we brought back the master who we hadn't seen since Spyfall, right? Uh, the, ma- um, the master no. yeah. during Spyfall, the master said, everything you know is a lie. And then and we then, didn't see him again. Yeah. And then we had the fugitive doctor and it's like, Whoa, what, 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 huh? And then that turned out to be part of the timeless children, you know, Which um, story assumed was. Yeah, sure. Part of it. Um, so I loved, um, again, man, like any episode with Sacha Duan just like immediately becomes a nine. Yeah. And you like figure out, is it going to be like, is it 9.9 or nine? Is it a 10? What is it? Um, <laughs> the guy's amazing. He's so He's such amazing. a great actor. It's, it, it seriously is like somebody said, what if you had the Heath Ledger Joker play the master? He plays the psychopath in such a funny way too. Exactly. That, that's the, he is he's terrifying. But he's such an amazing character. It's like, yeah, I want to know this guy. This like, is crazy. Okay, think back. This is hard to do, but think back to O. I fell in love with that character before yeah. I knew he was the master. And he, like, he was already amazing <laughs> and great and, and, and funny and, and disarming and all this kind of stuff. And then when it, that, that twist reveal, man, even though I knew it, I enjoyed every second of that. Yeah. If y'all remember, I was spoiled for that. I enjoyed every second of watching it happen. Even though I knew what he was about to say, the way he delivered it is so amazing. So I desperately want more of him in Oh, yeah, in Flux. definitely. He's got to show up in Flux. Yeah. So if yeah. not like if not, I don't know that we'll ever see him again. I I, I could be wrong. Will. He did so great, and I think he definitely is one of the best masters. Yeah. But we haven't I mean, seen I, enough of him for me to say he's my favorite. Oh, people people are constantly saying he's their favorite or Missy's their favorite. And, and yeah. to me, I am torn between those two. Same. And I think, I think, yeah. With, if a, we with got, a little more. We got a lot of Missy. Yeah. We, we got, got a lot of Missy. So if we had that much of, of the, the spy master, I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And I was trying to think, I, I guess, I guess the Saxon master we saw in the RTD era and in the Moffat era. Mm-hmm. So it's not impossible that we could see the spy master come back, but it just, I don't know, man. I'm not sure. Yeah. But I don't want to wait. I don't even want to wait. Um, I'm trying to think of like other things I could say about this episode specifically it, or the story. I think it, it did a, this was a great season finale. 
It wrapped up a lot of things. It had a lot of great character growth moments. It had a lot of action. It wasn't uh, mm-hmm. too cheesy. We got a classic uh, needless sacrificial death, um, you know, all these kinds yeah. of things. So as much as we make fun of that, I felt like plus. it was comforting. <laughs> it was like coming back home, watching her die. Wait, wait, wait. wait. <laughs> so who's up? Um, Yeah, I, I do like how they ended this. I think it... I love how they wrapped up everything and I didn't feel like it was a rush at the very end where they like yes. threw in everything. Like here's all of the answers to everything. No, they were like, they were teasing it out and they were playing off of it and they were like slowly how, giving you more. And how about the like 10 minute monologue from the spy master saying once upon a time, no, many times, or, <laughs> yeah, once upon yeah. several times or whatever it was. And it just kind of like, it was like, lasers and cybermen and warp ships and yeah. pew, 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 pew. And then it's just like, let me tell you wow. this story that is going to collectively blow all of you fans' minds. And <laughs> we're just going to park here for a little bit and Satya Dewan is going to read to you in this very amazing voice. Don't forget, he's yeah. a psychopath. And, you and know, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a, that, yeah. Yeah, that was such a great while. scene. Yeah. I love so much about this episode. I love like all the, um, like the Cybermen. They look so cool. I love like, I don't know. I guess there were some parts where it's like that could have been better done or like, okay. but like, I don't know how you would do it better. Like there's some parts where it's like, yeah, you could definitely spend more time on the scene. But I think they spent so much time like on the other scenes and like the more important ones that like yeah. you kind of forget about all the other ones yeah. that like really weren't important. So yeah, I, I do like the turnout on this. So like nine out of 10 crazy cracks in space. That, <laughs> that, that was kind of cool where it like blew up and then it was the big like pink portal. Yeah. It was like Gallifrey. I think y'all are going to hate me a little bit. We already do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay just, just within the context of the podcast I'll say whatever just within the context won't of the change anything. as my son I genuinely love you and care about you um, as a podcast host I hate you wait I'm <laughs> <laughs> just kidding what's up I just feel like it was they had too many plot lines that, okay okay so we had the Ruth Doctor which has been touched upon in one episode yeah. We had the Timeless Child, which has been touched upon in one episode. Two. Like, <laughs> vaguely referenced in two. That barely even counts as one and, episode and well, in that term. Yeah, okay, so we heard the phrase in The Ghost Monument, and we heard it talked about in Spyfall. In Spyfall. And Very then vaguely. in The Haunting of Diodati, Villa Diodati, she had the flashback. Didn't to we get a vision? The Timeless Child. Yeah, that's what I was talking yeah. about. The Timeless Child at the Towers. So it's like... But none of that was information. Vague reference. It was just, here's a a mystery for you. We have the Lone Cyberman, which Jack mentioned like half a season ago. Oh, we didn't even see Jack come back. Yeah, he didn't even come back. I kind of thought he was going to be in this episode. And Yeah, a lot of people did. Yeah, I would have hoped he was. So we had that, which he vaguely referenced. And then there was a lot more information on that last episode, but that's still not a whole lot of build up to who this is. And then we have like all of that crashing in together on this episode where they start like wrapping was a lot wrap all up. of this but stuff up. I do feel like like the wrap up though was was well done. Was it? Like what where did you think it fell flat? They didn't do a terrible job, but 
You also have to realize that while the Timeless Child and the Ruth Doctor were connected, the Lone Cyberman was not part of those at all. So you basically had like two independent storylines that they were trying to wrap up in the same episode. But we did, and all we the stuff a, with the master, the companions. Story. Th- this was where the two paths converged. Okay. At. All right, but hang on. You're you're saying the storyline of the Lone Cyberman. I mean, I feel like that's just been that was the a past episode. There was there was a there was a tease at it when Jack mentioned it. Then we had like the we had pretty much like the full on episode about it mm-hmm. with haunting, and then ascend. I feel like Ascension of the Cybermen sort of wrapped up his storyline. Yeah, like we wrapped that up in in like part one. Okay. Right? Wasn't he miniaturized Basically, by the end of part one? Basically, was um, he? I don't I think, think it was that, that was early. that was in the first few minutes of the second one. Okay, but I mean, like, we got a full arc on his character because we had his big speech about why he was going to do what he was going to yeah, do. But we got the insight into he lost his wife and his child because he turned them over, and like all these kinds of things. Like he was a willing recruit. Yeah, blah blah blah. Like we got a lot of development about him, and then wrapped him on up, man. Like boom, you're gonna die. Yeah, I just feel like. I haven't taken enough time to flesh out a lot of this stuff. Like there'll be a vague reference to it and it won't be addressed for like three episodes. That bothers me. And that, even, I mean, but even well, the Lone Cyberman. Yeah, but that's too. been happening. Like the Lone Cyberman, there was so much they could have done with that character. And he kind of got two episodes and got overshadowed yeah. by the master yeah, in the quickly, second. Quickly. And, yeah. Quickly by the master. Because, yeah. Because the the first episode was about was a Cyberman story, and then the second episode was a master entirely story. about the master. Yeah, and um, so yeah, I, I get what you're saying. And yes, one thing that I that I can't stand about Doctor Who is when they do this this kind of thing where they go, "Here's a mystery that we're not going to address until the end of the season." Yeah, yeah. Like I feel like one, maybe once, maybe once during Eleven's time. We had like an actual season long. Yeah. We're going to talk about it multiple times. They're not like really was, great maybe mystery writers. Yeah. Maybe it's just the idea. Like, yeah, the, the whole impossible astronaut storyline yeah. was a big, it's going to start here. We're going to have a middle bit. We're going to take some adventures where we forget about it, but we're going to come back to it. But most of the time it's everything you knew was a lie. The timeless child poof, portal, yeah. you know, and then two, at the point 10 where, episodes later, Remember the timeless child? Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna now we're gonna tell you everything about it. So I don't even bother to think about this stuff anymore because it's just like tiny I know, vague I, references. I put that it you in this, do nothing with. I put it in the theory section because I couldn't remember. Was a turnout. No, I could, well, I knew it was gonna be the big reveal at the end, and I knew where it was going, but I was like, do we talk about it in the middle? And I even said it yeah. during the podcast. I was like, hey guys, I don't know if we're gonna actually address this anymore until the finale. So I agree. So what's your what's your overall score then? Uh, three. I still thought it was good. No. So I'm going to say, I guess like 8.7, oh, I don't, uh, metal head frills. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't hate you for that. If you'd have been like, this is a five. A five. Yeah. yeah. yeah we would have been rating slightly the lower than I. I thought it was the good. The rest of the episode would have been the sounds of us scuffling on the floor. Like, <laughs> despite my complaints, I think they did well with it. Yeah. The, I get what you're saying. They weren't like, colliding yeah. the two storylines in like awkward ways but yeah, like I don't think the it was at its best on the, the idea that the master would up. both show up at the last minute and then absorb the Cybermen is amazing to me 
Just yeah. like that. Oh, yeah, of course. That's the kind of thing he would do where he would try to become the master of the Cybermen. What? Oh, he did it? Okay, Oh, cool. oh, yeah. oh all right. <laughs> the Cybermen That's about amazing. to take over yeah. the entire universe and turn everybody into robots. The master sweeps in, changes everything about everything, yeah. becomes the leader. Fantastic. And, uh, yeah, and then... And then gets blown, blown up. up but, yeah. so, well, well, whatever. He takes the good with the bad. <laughs> uh, by the way, there's theories out there about whether or not Missy came before or after uh, the spy master. Because there's people that say... It's interesting. There's people who say, oh. Missy died. And I'm like, no, she didn't. Like, I mean, the master's Harold Saxon yeah, was burned to cinder and we brought him back. So the fact that Missy got shot in the back and a liar told her i gave you the full dose there's no bother even trying to regenerate does not mean did <laughs> yeah. until you see the master die even when you see the master die it doesn't mean the master is gone so i i personally think that it's exactly what we saw that the saxon master regenerated into missy who was then killed by the saxon master who regenerated into the spy master that's what i think but anyways what do i care yeah. what do i matter uh creep level not much to talk about here yeah i'm gonna Ooh. go 50 like 25 yeah I think just especially right like on the hip. the half the face thing like that was kind of like the lone Superman was kind of creepy but like yeah. cool so 50, but, on, yeah. but on the heels of the haunting of Diodati Villa Diodati this yeah, one yeah it's not not that much all right so theories um, we talked about um, who is the timeless child Trip said a past regeneration of Gosh, the Doctor or the Master hidden by the Time Lords the timeless child relates to the lone Cyberman. Um, the whole episode trips like nailed it, nailed it, called it, got it, nailed it, called Skip it. Skip down to the yeah, fugitive doctor. Called that doctor. three weeks ago. Oh, they said the timeless child. Yep, that was the doctor. Anyway. Yeah. So Trip said about the fugitive doctor, the timeless child who is being hidden from thirteen by the time lords. I mean, and the master, and the master, master found, found out. out. I mean, like, yeah. I called the entire now, granted, plot of this entire. Granted, story. you said that last week, I think, but you uh, know, yeah. like, no. Um, no, 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 actually, no. I'm I sorry, said that when we saw the fugitive yeah, doctor. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Because uh, we knew then that 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 um. Uh, that the master was ticked about something. Yeah. Found out something, yeah. Um, Corbin said, it's that little girl. That wasn't wrong. <laughs> that was that was correct. Um, who is no one we've ever met, hopefully, but not likely. <laughs> nope, yeah, it's nope, the doctor. Nope, it's oh, the by the way, my favorite part of watching this episode with you guys was the 15 minutes where y'all were like, it's totally the master. The timeless child is definitely the master. I mean, master. it's got to be the master. There's nobody it could possibly be besides the master. It's definitely going to be the master. I was like, master. yeah, it's the master because he keeps coming back. Oh, that makes so much sense. Yeah. Oh, wait, is it the doctor? I think y'all it said it, y'all said it like a doctor. half a dozen times. That was the hopeful of part of me. I was yeah, hoping you were was, hoping it wasn't the doctor. I was like, I still didn't want. I was to be the doctor. still torn until the scene, and I was like, "Oh, it's definitely." He was like, "Oh, you haven't figured it out already." I um, thought he was going to so, say, "It's me." Like, so whatever. who who said this? Because I don't have it really attributed. The timeless child was left abandoned. Oh no, this was you, Corbin. Uh, it's that little girl who, hopefully, is someone we've never met. You then said she was left abandoned at the base of a mon- of that monument that opened a gateway to another realm, galaxy, or dimension. Did so I that was that? right. Wait, no. I don't remember you, saying that. I no, think wait, that was I, you explaining what happened with the timeless child. Like you probably. Yeah, no, 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 no. This was something that was said during the episode, I think. Okay, I was going to say, if Corbin totally called that, that'd be crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was getting about to give him credit for. Him. All right. Um, <laughs> I Corbin, I don't even have anything episode. listed for your theories about the future of Doctor. I think he just kind of left that open. You were just like, meh. Yeah. Okay. Um, the fate of the companions. Uh, Trip said they're he- they're hinting at an exit for Ryan, Graham, oh. and Yaz. Stay. They so far they're all still there. Ryan, he got Are left they? behind. 
The doctor just got arrested. They're off doing who knows what right now. Well, so. they all got home because they took the TARDIS, the house TARDIS or whatever. They all got back home. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. So we, did, But we definitely didn't have any deaths or anything. No. I love that those people at the very end immediately recognized it as Earth. As Earth? Yeah. yeah oh, what? this is Earth. You can tell by the In the 21st air? century as well? Mm-hmm. Like, no. Um, Corbin said they're all staying until next season. I still think that's more accurate. But yeah. we also yeah. don't know yet because, again, they got separated. I feel like. Yeah, I mean, it kind of. It, yeah, the doctor is in prison and the companions are all back on yeah. Earth in their own time. Know. They're they're when and where they're supposed to be. And they got a nice new house that's a TARDIS. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like they all at just this live point, there. they're not going to send Ryan out because like. I feel like he had some development in this episode where he's like, yeah, now I fit in. Okay. But I did see with like Ryan got left behind and like Graham and Yaz were like really bonding this episode. But I don't I don't feel like that's going to be an exit for Ryan. I just feel like that's character development. Okay. So I feel like they're they're probably all going to All right, so stay. y'all are pretty much both saying that they're all around for the next season. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, the game plan, as we said, we've got a uh, premiere date of uh, about a week from now for um, series 13. So uh, the reason that we're recording our special morning edition right now is so that we could double up a little bit. So um, here is our plan. Uh, let's see. Okay, it's too late. <laughs> <laughs> our plan is tomorrow we release... Haunting of Villa Diodati. And then this episode that we're recording on a Saturday morning is going to come out Wednesday. So if you're hearing me say this right now, you already know that. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll try and uh, maybe I'll try and put out something on the on the social media threads or something. So you've probably already seen that. <laughs> um, yeah. Maybe, you know what, Corbin, maybe we can maybe we can record an addendum on uh, on the other episode that's going to go out tomorrow or something like that. So uh, ignore all that, guys, because, uh, yeah, so in theory, Halloween night, we'll be releasing uh, The Revolution of the Daleks, the uh, 2021 New Year's special, which will put us just in time to uh, to start covering the new series live. I think our plan right now is we're going to watch it either Sunday or Monday, whenever AMC Plus allows us to watch it. <clears throat> we're going to wait a week and maybe even watch it uh, like again on Saturday and then on Sunday record as we have been. Um, so what we'll do is we will re- we'll watch the episode when it airs and then we'll release our episode covering it the following week. So I hate, I hate to like make everybody wait that extra week because all the week of yeah. speculation and everything, but actually it might inform our conversation more because we can do, we can be reading news articles. Hey, y'all will be able to read news articles about Dr. Oh, Who. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we can do that and and have some speculation, um, rewatch it on Saturday, having done all of that reading and stuff. And then Sunday record and have our, our theory section is going to be crazy now because none of us are going to know what's happening. So it'll be all of us speculating and theorizing yep. and everything about what's what's a coming. So uh, don't forget about um, so 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 the next thing you're going to hear is Revolution of the Daleks. Then we're going into the live shows, and then don't forget about our best of series. Head to noobsinthehoovian.com/bestof so you can vote on your favorite episodes. I was looking through that survey the other day, and I'm like, I'm so excited about talking with you guys about what episodes we're going to cover. Um, so, but we want you, excuse me, we want y'all's input because y'all could sway us. I'm, I'm torn about a couple of like, which one is my favorite 10th doctor episode. I've got three. So I need, I need like a tiebreaker. I need some yeah. feedback guys. So news of the slash best of, 
Um, pick your favorite uh, episode for each doctor, your favorite um, Christmas special, and then uh, we're going to exclude Flux, but the rest of 13's uh, stuff is on there. So, uh, guys, Noobs in the Hoobie is a production of Master Closet Studios, where it's always smaller on the inside. Your senior producer is me, Austin Reason. Your audio engineer is that guy. I'm Trip. And the production editor is him. I'm Corbin. Special thanks to TARDIS.Fandom.com, I discovered is the actual thing. If you go to TARDIS.Wikia.com, it redirects. For the trivia, thanks to Jared for the Classic Who Connections. Shout out to Victor, Jared, and James for their ongoing Patreon support. You can find us over at NoobsInTheHoovian.com, where you can find links to all of our social, all the ways to get a hold of us and how you can subscribe. Make sure that you do subscribe. Leave a rating, share us with a friend, not because we're a great show, but because we watch one. As always, my name is Austin. I'm the Hoovy, and these were Sons Corbin and Tripp. And we're the news. And until next time, be safe if you can be, but always be amazing. Goodbye. Corbin said there might be some good stuff coming later. Be